Welcome to another episode of Austin Unaccompanied, a single girl's guide to getting through your 20s. I'm your host, Abby, and today I'm here with my sister, Anna. I'm back, baby. <laughs> and in the words of my favorite cartoon tomato, <laughs> have we got a show for you. <laughs> I just came up with that one. (laughs) You said that as I took a sip of my wine. Oh, we got our spooky drinks. And and, our spooky, spooky glasses. And our spooky topic, because today we are going to be talking about religion. Yeah. Uh, Ahead of time, a trigger warning. Definitely. Yeah, a (laughs) trigger Reasonably. Okay, yes. A trigger warning. Today we are going to be talking about specifically Christianity, evangelicalism, and figuring out your beliefs after experiencing the world. (laughs) Um, And so I want to start by saying I do respect everyone's beliefs. And if you are still in the church or religion, I totally respect that. We just wanted to speak from our experiences I've talked with a lot of people about this throughout the last few years, and there's just a massive amount of people leaving the church, and this was something that was very important to us, and specifically me, to talk about. The whole point of this podcast isn't to inform people and make them make a decision or anything. We're literally just talking about our experiences and our lives and stuff, so don't take anything that we say too seriously. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like from the first episode, we were recommending bars. Yeah. Nothing we're saying is trying to force you to be some type of way or to feel some type of way. We're just sharing our experiences. And since this is a more sensitive topic, our experiences and our thoughts and our feelings might be backed up with a couple of statistics. (laughs) This is probably going to be a little bit different of an episode because I did an extensive amount of research on this one. We will definitely be chatting, but uh, I definitely did some research to back up. So I'm not just pulling things out of my ass. I'm actually, I uh, have pulled some statistics. And to give some context to the people, Anna and I grew up in the church. The church um, The TM. church TM. Um, in, in Assemblies of God Evangelical Church. For those of you who don't know what... An evangelical church is. Evangelicalism is deeply rooted in the gifts of the Spirit. Let's give a little rundown on what the gifts of the Spirit are defined as. Yeah. Oh, we can. Yeah, let's talk about that. We were taught. I don't even. I actually don't remember all of them. I didn't do all. Speaking um, in tongues was a big one. Prophecy. Prophecy. Prophetic dream. Healing is another one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Said, why go to eight years of medical school when you can just. When God can do it. And won't he do it? Um, won't he do it? Won't he do it? We were a drink in that Kool-Aid. Yep. We were on the missions trips. We were there on Wednesdays, Sundays, fall retreats. Fall retreats are the like little little short little snippets. Little weekend trips. Where they um, make you stay up all hours of the night and then the very last night you just cry as hard as you can. We did this thing and I guess saying that would probably call our church out, but it's not a bad memory by any means. 
It was called Triple S, which stood for Silent Satan Saturday. <laughs> Honestly, they were in their bags. They were in, they they were that, in that. their bags. It was just like hours and hours of what you call mm-hmm. spontaneous worship. It really it, This evocation of emotion. I was in the band and we would be moved by the spirit. We would be moved by the spirit, which some people in secular music call playing music. <laughs> I literally told her we went to this open jam last week and they they play whatever they go into different songs and I was like why does this feel like it's church? giving just the voice it's giving church and it really is and that's literally called being a musician and b- jamming out and, and that's what it was but us in the audience have our feet are a stomping yeah right our hands are a clapping have, we are dancing in the halls and that's have I sent you, I think I sent you the TikTok where I'm convinced that people that go to church just, <laughs> just haven't been to a concert. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and yeah, just to begin, the church didn't hurt me. I spent so much of my time there. The, but yeah. The, the building curtain, itself the, did nothing yes, to me. God didn't hurt me because I know that a lot of Christians, they'll say you have church hurt that is one thing that i have heard Mm. a lot and i just want to say that the church itself didn't hurt me at all but i wanted to take this little statistic for you guys so christian pastors reported that typically or that typical church attendance is only 85 percent of pre-pandemic levels so that is by scott mcconnell of lifeway research and the research by the Survey Center on American Life and the University of Chicago found that in the spring of 2022, 67% of Americans reported attending church at least once a year compared to 75% before the pandemic. And again, Scott McConnell with Lifeway Research, he said that COVID-19 may have accelerated the decline. However, there's a broader long-running trend of people moving away from religion. In 2017, Lifeway surveyed young adults aged between 18 and 22 who had attended church regularly for at least a year during high school and they found that that seven out of ten stopped attending church regularly and he said that the younger generation just doesn't feel like they're being accepted in a church environment and then this one this statistic is something i personally really identify with and it is according to the global center for religious research almost two-fifths which is 33 to 37 percent of u.s adults have experienced religious trauma at some point in their life and around 10 to 15 percent of u.s adults currently suffer from it that is where i want to start i am going to talk a little bit about my religious trauma and just what i've had to deal with as i have left the church so I left church in, I would say, officially in 2020 when I moved out of Florida and my church in Florida was bad. (laughs) So my biggest issue with the church and my most intense religious trauma is centered around purity culture. And that is something that we 
preach pretty hard in the evangelical space. And for those of you who don't know, purity culture emphasizes the importance of virginity and pretty much bases your virginity or your self-worth on your virginity. And that's the tea. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> that, that is the tea. the tea. And so growing up in a space where you're basically told that if you have sex before marriage, that your worth declines, that... <laughs> It's crazy. We've all seen the visuals. Like we've, I feel like a lot of people that have experience in schools and like the mm-hmm. sex ed programs yeah. are familiar with the shaming that comes towards women oh, yeah. in regards to like losing your virginity. Mm-hmm. That's a very universal thing. But yeah. when it comes from your religion, from the place that you literally set your most vulnerable emotions, yes. this is where you are truly your raw emotions and these are surrounded by people that have seen you at your your truly the most distraught sobbing Mm -hmm. or your highest highs these people are looking you in your eye and telling Mm -hmm. you if you have sex with a boy you are worthless yeah (laughs) yeah with a little pinch of sugar at the end but god will forgive you yeah yeah Um, So I found this really good quote about purity culture by um, she's a licensed mental health counselor called Hannah Mayberry, and she sums it up pretty well. Um, She says women are often taught their sexuality is something that should be bottled up and shoved down. That encompasses everything from the way that they dress, the way that they interact with men, the way that they speak, the way that they view their own bodies and their own sex drive. She also says that where women are socialized to feel at fault, if someone shows romantic interest in them, men are taught the other extreme. Men are taught that their sexuality is something that cannot be tamed and that they need to do everything in their power to try to not look at women because God forbid they look at a woman or they're left alone with a woman, then their sex drive is going to become out of control. In in this religious space, they basically taught us to repress everything about ourselves, any of our sexuality. So that has really affected me. And even you can attest that it's been in the last, I think, couple of months where I have recovered from that purity culture. I feel like recovery is definitely a process, but you've acknowledged it more than Mm -hmm. you've ever really acknowledged it before. You brought it to the surface. You've examined it. Yeah. You've done your research, which is where a lot of this is coming from, is the research that you've done surrounding that and, like, some other things. Yeah, obviously. and even most recently where I've really felt in touch with, like, my feminism and, like, my feminist side and just even having having sex with my high school boyfriend. Dad uh, might want to stop listening. Yeah. If, give a trigger warning for our fathers. Trigger warning. Our parents shouldn't listen to this. But <laughs> hooking up with anybody... I would feel so terrible the next day. Just so much shame. I remember you texting me like, oh, I just feel so guilty after this. And I'm like, baby, why? Yeah. There was just, why? Unpack that. Yeah. And we wouldn't. (laughs) That we wouldn't actually unpack it. And there was just so much guilt and shame that came with sex. And like, even again, with what I wore, I would feel bad if I showed too much if I just even felt confident in myself so much of that came from purity culture purity culture is so toxic there's literally not a good there's not a redeeming quality about purity culture you don't get STDs no actually no yeah (laughs) bring the other system yeah it's just it's so toxic and that is something that I've had to deal with a lot um 
How, how did you did because I feel like purity culture was a little bit different for you in because my environment. It, so our church switched youth, youth pastors. pastors. I was in the midst of the church and a youth group. I think you were a senior that year. You had mm-hmm. taken a step back from. Yeah. Um, the church because From, yeah. the pastor that you were particularly <clears throat> close to, the one that had carried you through your high school career, was leaving. Left, yeah, I was going into high school. I think I was a freshman. The little turnover that happened in pastors, it went from he wasn't an older guy, but he was mature. He had a wife. Mm-hmm. He had a kid to this fairly young guy fresh out of college. Yeah. And everyone initially was really excited because we were getting someone that was more like our age, more our vibe. Yeah. But he quickly <laughs> took that and ran straight um, <laughs> So this individual was very toxic in a lot of ways that showed over the two years that he was pastor. Mm-hmm. He came in kicking it was during one year so there was the first trip was with the other pastor and this pastor was following along like shadowing mm-hmm. and then the second one was he was fully taken over i was so, just a very toxic very toxic very dictatorship fast forward to the next trip my one of my best friends bless her heart she's always running late to something she hadn't packed before leaving her house because she had school that day she wasn't really prepared for the trip so she like ran home, threw on a pair of shorts and a tank top, and ran out the door. But within seconds of her walking in the door, the pastor literally pulled her aside and was like, do you have a change of clothes in your bag? Because you need to change right now. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'll have to see. I don't really know what I brought. It, I just threw together, things in. Yeah. And he's, if you can't find something, we can ask one of the youth leaders to see if we can find you some longer pants. And she came back. And at this point, she had tears in her eyes because she's already stressed. She's already frazzled. And um, tells me what happened. And I was like, oh. So he went directly to this little 13-year-old girl and basically told her to her face that her shorts are too short and she needed to change immediately. But for me at that time, knowing that this grown-ass man was looking at my tiny little best friend and saying something about what she was wearing, pissed me off. Yeah. We went a couple years without touching on purity culture because when it was the time for that to cycle through. It happened like once every Mm -hmm. two or three years. The pastor that had taken over, the asshole, had been removed from the church. Mm -hmm. And it was now a different youth pastor. And it was fresh into him being in there. This was a kid that had gone to the youth group before. Mm -hmm. He was very open to suggestions. It had been a very tumultuous little turnover. So he knew that emotions were high so he was very sensitive about who he brought into the circle how he was approaching topics which I am eternally grateful for because I was a junior during that turnover I was about to go into the world right and I really did not want to be going into the world with resentment towards the church Mm -hmm. or my youth group or my childhood experiences so it got to the purity culture the purity series i guess yeah in the church and we for the first time in years had a whole lineup of youth leaders that were women and a few youth leaders that were guys and i remember being so nervous Mm -hmm. for this because i had heard the stories of the last one that had gone around and i think you had probably told me at this point that it was 
pretty graphic. It was uncomfortable conversations. And I remember we broke out into our small groups and for the beginning of the conversation going, whatever you have an understanding of with in regards to this topic, we are going to go over it. Basically, just tell me what your view of being sexually active looks like. Is there shame involved in it? And these women were truly, I have the utmost admiration for these women to come in and talk to young girls about being sexually active and the things that you go through, puberty, Mm -hmm. all of these things without shitting on it. Yeah. That is truly a feat. Yeah. We managed to get through an entire purity series, which series tend to be like what a month long Wednesdays and Sundays talking about sex and the church and how sex relates to the Bible without them shaming us. And without making us feel, like, insecure about our bodies, like, Mm we, one week, I remember we talked about literally masturbation, and they were very open and honest Mm -hmm. about their experiences and about their experiences with being shamed in the church. And they were, like, they were 100% real. Yeah. Which was truly, like, I'm eternally grateful for that experience. I was really lucky. I know... We walked into this podcast podcast episode and we're like, we're ready to shit on the church. It's probably scared some people off, but I do still have so much love for people in the church yeah, and for the church that I grew up in Mm -hmm. and for the experiences I had. Yeah. And I know that there is obviously growth that can be done in every one of those people. I I think it's good to talk to you, especially because we... Even though we went to the same church, we had very Incredibly different, different experiences. experiences. Yeah. And I kept going to church after I went to my adulthood and stopped. But I also, in some ways, I don't want to say this because I am not shaming myself, but in some ways I allowed a lot of that bad, like that trauma to happen to me because I kept going even when I knew that it was a toxic space. You found, I feel like the difference that kind of came from our two experiences is that you were more attached to the institution. You I think like the community to was... The, yeah, the, the community, the aspect of the it. pastor coming back to one place mm-hmm. and having the same group of people every week. Yeah. And those were your friends and those were your people. Mm-hmm. I had a similar experience, but mine was a little bit less like structured given like the turnovers it was really like we didn't idolize our pastor Mm -hmm. and I feel like you had a little bit of that and your group had we had the same pastor for the entire time that we were there I had attended this group that was Mm -hmm. a no walls community type of church thing Mm -hmm. that was um, made by and led by uh, teenagers yeah And I got to experience that, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like worship in the park. I feel like giving teenagers voices rather Mm -hmm. than idolizing a grown-up pastor that's holier than thou. Right. Another aspect of my religious trauma would be just the idea and concept of hell. Mm -hmm. And one reason I left the church. So in 2020, our grandma passed away. And that was one thing that really affected us both. But for me, especially, I was still in a church space then. I was still open to going to church. I was still like, I was questioning my beliefs, but still there. And so I think when she died, she was not a Christian. And we 
it just was not clicking for me that she would go to hell and I I would not accept that. And I've always thought hell was a terrible concept anyways. Yeah. I think that there should be consequences for actions. I absolutely think that. Um, but I believe it's just super harmful to your mental health because um, it just... We should not be believing that our actions in this life are going to cause us to burn for eternity, like yeah. for having sex or God forbid you're a part of the LGBTQ community. Right. Like, God I'm forbid. I'm sorry, that's so fucked up. And I, I respect you if you believe that, but I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to accept that because I know that I'm... At least a decent person. But well, it was easy for you to accept that yeah. then when you're actually faced with it. <clears throat> yeah. When you, like, look at this person was an incredibly good person their entire life, mm-hmm. and they get sent to the fire pits? What do you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's my thing is I do not believe that good, good people are going to get sent to hell just because they don't have, like, the basic Christian beliefs. I think it's so close-minded to think mm-hmm. that... There's only one way of thinking, and a lot of Christians aren't like that. I think it's also important to note that a lot of this happened right when you're in the midst of watching The Good Place. (laughs) I was going to mention The Good Place in this, watch The Good Place. Honestly, that show goes hard. It's like any like religious or theological belief. The guy that wrote it, Mike Shore, he is super into philosophy and well, you can theology and life after death. And so I really, if you haven't watched The Good Place, watch it. Because strongly recommend. I strongly Great recommend show. it because it talks about the afterlife a lot. And I really liked the concept. The, the, the bad place isn't even that bad. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. annoying. But also like at the very end, spoiler alert, like, the way they like redesign the afterlife and make it so you can start doing better and you can right. learn from your mistakes and then eventually make it to the good place for eternity. I liked that because I just don't, I think that it gives you hope. Yeah. I think which like, we don't, I feel like we only get that <clears throat> in religion. If you are fully dead set on being like, a martyr yeah like that's the only hope you have that's another thing that i literally thought that i was going to die for for, for having for a the Bible. love of jesus like, yeah. yeah martyrdom was super preached to us like for real um do you remember the book jesus freak <laughs> what would people think <laughs> what would people think what would, what, people would, think what would people think if they knew and jesus freak was like a whole book about martyrs yeah um I mean, it's not dead. That's like, not that dead. movie series. Oh my god! When they really said this guy is not going to survive in the real world because he's a Christian. He's a Christian. And that God's not dead. He's surely alive. As I said, our home church was mad respect, uh, respect to the homegirls. There, I shout out to them. They know no. who they are. Yeah, they, they know who they are. Mind you, love them. And if yeah. you're listening, maybe close your ears for like the next minute or so. <laughs> I adore them, love them. I also have mad respect for the people that decided not to become members of the church, which Mm -hmm. if you're not a part of the church, this is a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. You have to become a member of the church to be officially acknowledged. (laughs) But I have a friend whose family went and they were very open and honest with the fact that they were not official members of the church and they would not become members of the church 
until they had a real conversation about LGBTQ plus um, people uh-huh. and would allow them to become members of the church. Our church would not allow openly LGBTQ plus people be active members of the church. So my friend group is is fairly queer open. Gay. I was gonna say your friend group is gay as hell, <laughs> and they always have been. Like yeah. just like generally your friend group. Yeah, my friend group in the church, my friend group as an adult, my friend group here in Austin. I've always been surrounded by people that are like very either openly queer or open to queer. We're allies. <laughs> Valentina say ally. Ally. <laughs> when I realized that my old church was not a fan of that mm-hmm. or slash wouldn't accept them as members, mm-hmm. I was like, that's dumb. So I was like, I don't really want to go. <laughs> so I graduated in 2019. That's when I left my youth group was the summer of 2019. And I started in the workforce. And I still tried to make an effort to go to church as much as possible mm-hmm. for the next however many months that mm-hmm. is between me officially leaving the youth group and me or, and COVID happening, yeah. the pandemic shutting everything down. But when COVID hit, I was like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. So I got educated. Um, I've been hosting with my friend this little women's Bible study that was very, like, talking about women in the Bible and yeah. their part and their role in the Bible and everything. And it was very feminism and everything. And we talked about LGBTQ plus people in the Bible. And we talked about, yeah, queer people in the Bible and how they're not really acknowledged. And we mm-hmm. talked about how people talk shit about LGBTQ people in the church. There's nothing in the Bible that says that. But we were that was the goal of our little women's Bible study that we hosted that summer into the early fall. So I was still pretty active post yeah. high school. And then COVID hit and I think and that's I threw that in with the statistic earlier. So many people left the church during COVID. And I think a lot of that stems from the churches the various different yeah. churches' responses to because it became about. so political and churches mm-hmm. really took mm-hmm. that opportunity to be a hundred percent transparent about how political they actually are. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Our church handled it very well. I still have a lot of respect for the work they've done and are they really have done it amazing job at uniting uniting the city and they yeah from a cultural standpoint from a cultural standpoint they were doing the work and they were never outwardly they never outwardly dismissed the The lgbtq LGBTQ community which isn't worse yeah it's but it's not great that's more than a lot of churches have done yeah especially being a church that's hundreds of years old one thing that i really loved about our home church was that their whole mission was to create a church like heaven which was something that after visiting a lot of other churches i realized was not happening in most churches and so it was 25% white, 25% black, and then 50% international, which I thought was really cool. They really do make it a point to give voices to different perspectives. Yes, yeah. Unless, of course, you're gay. <laughs> as great as they are, there's just not enough churches 
doing it right, like this, our home churches, to overpower the ones that are doing it so wrong. I just have a really hard time believing in a God that people say speak against the LGBTQ community. And I can't stand with the people inside a church in a majority black community that chooses to pray for the police week after week instead of the community that it quote unquote serves and full offense i am looking at the church i went to in florida i have reached out to them and actually let them know the issues that i had with them so i don't feel bad one time they put a picture of trump on the big screen and aggressively started praying over him and i looked around damn can we get a separation of church and state in here can i please get a separation of church and state that kind of thing is what got me out of the church and also I just feel like I want to say this, the Christians speaking out against the Black Lives Matter protests and also the way a lot of them handled COVID with such disregard to other people. It was a blatant disregard. And it was just... That's not even to mention the silencing that's happening in the school system by outspoken Christians. It was the people that were like that, that were declaring themselves Christians that made me say, this is not a group that I want to be a part of. And I don't identify as that. And it's just so frustrating that the Black Lives Matter movement was such a political thing. And the rights of LGBTQ plus people should not be a political thing. And yeah, because it's not, it's human rights. Yes, it's just a basic human and And similarly with COVID, love thy fucking neighbor. That became such a political agenda. But that's why we need separation of church and state. Period. Uh, How are basic human rights. How is that not a Christian thing to do? And I, again, I know that all Christians are not this way by any means. Oh, yeah. We're not saying anything about Christians who are loving to thy neighbors. Christians who actually follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. Yes. Two people, individuals, and any exactly. Um, And, yeah, I... But it was, I'm in particular, like, talking about the church I was at. It was actively viewing life that way. I don't care how you vote politically as long as you care about the rights of humans and, like, the basic human rights. And to put a picture of someone that actively doesn't care about basic human rights. Outspokenly. Yeah, outspokenly. And just pray to him. (laughs) Like, I know they were praying for him. Praying to idols. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. There sh- that should not have other idols or whatever it is. <laughs> sure. We've, guys, we've been gone for a while. We've been out of there. <laughs> that just frustrates me. How have you navigated life after religion? Because I don't think we've even talked about this on a personal level. Do you still believe in God or what do you feel like you believe nowadays? Girl, I have a question. I, it's not complicated it is complicated, but it's not. I left the church, I guess we can say uh, that I left the church during my transition into like real adulthood, right? Mm-hmm. So that happens for a lot of people. Like you just get out into the world and um, you realize that the community that you grew up in isn't necessarily reflective of the community you want to be in. Yeah. So, I 
have a lot of friends um, that are still in the church or have a history in the church, and I have nothing against them. I have told my one friend here that I would be 100% willing to go with her and our other friend to church. I don't have a personal negative, strong negative feeling towards church. Mm-hmm. On Easter, for example, I went with my roommate Sarah. She's grew up Catholic. We went to her Catholic mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what she's called? <laughs> we should. You said, and you said you were going to take her to- after the mass service. I played her some of our worship music. We were jamming. Yeah. So let's say it, Bethel Hill song. Jesus yeah, culture. Yeah. Uh huh. Jesus. But also expanded Tasha to Tasha Cobb's mom. Israel Houghton. Yes. Break that's who chain. I was playing. <laughs> that's who I was playing in the car. TV. Uh, <laughs> I will not straight up point blank say no. I'm not going to church yeah. ever again. Yeah. But I will, however maybe do a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go to support a friend any day of the week. Yeah. I am at that point in my journey where I have reconciled my experience in the church. Mm-hmm. And I am able to look at it from a beneficial viewpoint. Yeah. Golly, I was homeschooled. I needed friends, okay? Yeah, I needed same. that community. And I got it. I yeah. got it at the church. And I got a lot of my morals from mm-hmm. the church. And I got a lot of my strength I would say mm-hmm. from the church yeah. and I got a lot of my yeah my ideology mm-hmm. my yeah my viewpoint on the world a lot of it stemmed from my experiences in the church would I say they align with general church ideology mm-hmm. now not necessarily yeah. I, I feel like it is so hard to find a church that will speak to where I'm at currently in my journey mm-hmm. and will not make me feel that inherent guilt yes. that tends to come with being a woman in society yeah. these days. Yeah. At some point in my life, whenever I decide to settle down, <laughs> I want to have a church community that aligns with my beliefs and my like ideology and yeah. supports every people group and every person and every like shape and form yeah. that they come in. All right. So that's where I'm at. Moral of the story. Yeah. I think that the only reason I'm doing this now is because I don't feel hurt by the church anymore. I can look back and we had some good times. <laughs> We had some real good days. We had a lot of laughs. We had a lot of laughs. I wouldn't even consider myself a Christian anymore, but having that belief system so deeply rooted in your life has been hard for me. I had journals and journals of notes about Jesus. I loved the church. I loved Christianity. I feel like a lot of what I'm saying can seem like I just have such a hatred towards the church and a hatred towards Christians. And I want to clarify that I I absolutely do not, first of all, but I still have such a love and respect for Christians in general and the teachings of Jesus, because I think generally the teachings of Jesus, they have some good qualities. And I think there are so many lessons and just like you said there's so many things that i learned 
from being a part of the church. I learned a lot of morals as well. And I still look back on my time in the church so fondly. And there's so many times that I miss it too, partly for the community, partly for the worship and the feeling that I got. I don't know if there's someone listening. Obviously, we hope there is because that would make, I think that would make life more hopeful. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I want to clarify that. I don't want people to listen to this thinking that I'm just trying to bash Christians or say, oh, you're totally wrong. That's not what we're, say what we're saying at all. But we just, we just want people to feel seen. And obviously, again, there's so many people leaving the church right now. So we wanted to take this time to just talk about our experience in the church and help you feel justified in your beliefs if you're wanting to leave the church like a majority of 20-somethings are and help you feel validated by that. And so it's really hard to like rediscover what you believe. I've gone through this whole spiritual journey and I'm still not done with it. And I still haven't decided what I believe. I believe there is a God somewhere. And whoever she is, I feel like there's a lot of things that I could believe. I, I like a lot of different spiritual ideas. I think that I'm still learning, but I guess some advice for people that have left the church and are figuring out what they believe. But after I left the church or in my transition out of the church, I started listening to this podcast called Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Shout out. Shout out to them. I'm going to tag them in this. They have been really amazing throughout my transition. Would you say you deal with trauma with humor? That's crazy. I... They are very funny. They're fucking um, hilarious. It ten was out of started ten. by two ex-worship leaders. And if this is the type of podcast you're enjoying and want to listen to, yeah. go listen to them. If you need, and what I really like about them is they're not just, they're not exclusive to the Christian community. Mm -hmm. They have, they interview people from all sectors of faith, mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. And they, yeah, they helped me truly so much through my healing process. But even when I was thinking about leaving the church, they called out the church in a productive way. Like mm -hmm. they, because there was so much of me that was like, what's wrong with the church? I don't know. Um, it just seems a little problematic. Uh, and... Uh, I mean, and then at my church in Florida, I was just so angry right. with the way they were thinking. So I think it's taken me some time to realize that not all churches are bad. Not all Christians are bad, even though I knew that not all Christians are bad. But I, yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I want, I wanted to say, if you are thinking about leaving the church in general, uh, just know that there really is a like wonderful group of people outside of that space yeah. that will love and accept you. Like we're called exvangelicals. Yeah. Um, find us on TikTok. Find us on TikTok. <laughs> um, no, yeah, there's so many groups and there's so many resources just to get you through that transition. And there's so many different stages of that journey. You can be like me and not feel any hatred and be willing to re-enter the church at some yeah. time. Or you can be on a different side where not in the cards for you and yeah. there's just too much that trauma involved, deep, deep-rooted trauma involved. Yeah. 
that it's just not, it's not for you anymore. Yeah. And there's people for everyone. And I think that's really just the moral of the story of this podcast yeah. is there's someone for everyone. There is a group for everyone and yeah. you'll always find like your community. And I was talking to Blake who was in at this, when this episode is released, he will have been in the last episode. We talked about, I cut it out of the podcast, the episode, but we talked a little bit about the community that a church brings. Yeah. And that if, if the only reason you're going to church is for a community, totally fine. That's totally fine. As long as if you, if that's what you need is the community of a church, that's, that is one thing that a lot of churches are doing super right. They give you access to people your age, people that are similar to you, and just give you opportunities to make friends and meet people in new cities. And if that's the only reason you're going to church, totally fine. If that's a reason you're going to church, yeah, totally that's totally fine. There's there shouldn't be any judgment for that. But also there are opportunities for community outside of the church if you're interacting with people that just don't align with your beliefs. I felt I don't know, really sad for a really long time because I was going to a church where our, I was trying so hard to make friends with people that just I did not align with their beliefs at all, but I felt yeah. such a need to make friends. And so I was making myself to go to church because that's the only way I knew to make friends and I was just miserable. Mm-hmm. So there's so many opportunities outside of that to meet people. Um, but I wanted to highly recommend this article on medium.com and it's the article is called finding my footing, rediscovering God after leaving Christianity. Um, and I think so often that people think that to reject the church is to reject God. Um, and if you need something good to read, that would be a good one just because it talks about finding God and the trees and the sun and the moon and just outside of a building because that's one thing the church preaches a lot is go outside these walls. Um, but are we really doing that? Are we really practicing? Yeah, exactly. Um, I hope that it's okay that we are calling out these issues within religious institutions while still believing that there's a higher power out there. I just, for me, it's hard to comprehend that the world just came into existence out of nothing. So, yeah, there's a lot of things to think about. I guess the main purpose of this episode was just to say, like, a lot of people are leaving the church in their 20s, uh, and that's okay. Um, and that's and okay, and if, everyone's experience is different. And yeah. they're all valid. Yes, and that's pretty much like every episode is just saying our experience and just saying that also your experience is valid, no matter what that is. But I do want to just, I don't know, I just want to say hopefully you got something out of this episode and like all of our episodes are basically us just telling our experience and y'all it's all vibes we don't know what we're talking about we don't know what we're doing <laughs> we're ending this by saying we don't even know we don't even know babes we, we don't, don't even know. know it's no thoughts just vibes yeah. all right we're welcome just, to your 20s and well, yeah so this is your 20s it's just vibing <laughs> we're here we're here we were put here in the in the early 2000s <laughs> mid nobody knows no, god knows no one 
everyone had their shit together then. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you related to something. Uh, yeah. If nothing else, be our, if you are interested in being our best friends, being our friends, I am going to once again say America I am once again again. asking you to meet me at Idle Hands on Sunday we will be watching the Knicks band from 3 to 6 on Sunday whatever Sunday comes after this episode comes out (laughs) Um, it'll be a Sunday that's for sure. And we will bask in our religious trauma together. Yeah, we can be have some religious trauma together. If you, for some reason, liked this episode... That's crazy. What, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> you should probably go to therapy like us. Strongly um, recommend. If you liked this episode, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at ATX Unaccompanied Pod. If you have something else to talk about... <laughs> Anything else? Uh, if you want to chat with us. Uh, if you want to give us a chat, vibes. If you want to give us a chat. If you want to pull us aside um, for chat. You can email us at atxunaccompaniedpod at gmail.com. We surely would love to hear from you. Golly gee. Oh, golly gee. Send me your worst date stories. I Please. need to hear them. Yeah. Because that's going to be on a future episode. And it's going to be so uh, good. And it will be hilarious. Uh, anyways, that's all we have for you today. That's all we got. <laughs> we just have an hour and a half for you today. <laughs> Only. Only an hour and a half. Keep it weird in Austin and know you're not alone. Bye. Bye.